baru tegare. Oi 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 oi. Anybody else's face feel like they're melting off in the glory? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glory. You may be seated inside your wine barrel. And just remember every breath is from a straw of paw. <laughs> Like Little House on the Prairie Glory. The straw of paw. Hey, paw. You got a straw for the glory? Yes, my child. Yeah, it's the bubble bubble. There is a bubble of glory to tell his story. You're about to be bubbleized by God. It's so awesome when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. It felt like bubbles coming out of my belly. Came from below through my feet and all throughout my my internal organs and uh, just these waves of glory. And then I started speaking in tongues. I got baptized in God's bubble machine. <laughs> As I say that to you, I see a spiritual vision of you guys going up in glory bubbles. Orbs. Glory orbs. New wine orbs. <laughs> they're bubbles, but they're orbs. It's a, the most advanced style of Christianity is the the bubble machine. This little kid's playing with dad's bubbles. We got bubbles out in the Garden of Eden. There's bubbles in heaven so everyone can just have fun. Hallelujah. Slip and slide into the glory. A new season of greater ease. Jesus has you, even if your mind is deceived, even if you're naturally minded, the Holy Spirit is yet more powerful than you. Your brain is not strong enough to destroy God's plan for your life. <laughs> Otherwise, nobody would ever do God's will. The Holy Spirit is stronger than man's will. Man's brain and man's heart, man's bloodlines, man's sin doesn't even compare to the power of the Holy Ghost. Just say, Holy Spirit, you got me. Yep, now let him carry you. He's prepared a bubble for you. See that light, childlike freedom where you're light as a feather, light as a bubble. You shoot a bubble up, it just floats up. If there's any wind at all, it's carried by the wind effortlessly. There's no resistance in the bubble of his glory. None. How could there be? You wouldn't be in the bubble if you're in resistance of his glory. So there's a yielding to the ascending 
to going up in the bubble. <laughs> He's already placed the ability to rise inside your spirit. Now it's time to realize the bubble. <laughs> Lord, we pray tonight that each person that tunes in online and present in this place would realize the bubble. Let the bubble rise up and give the devil trouble. A bubble of trouble. A, <laughs> a double bubble. <laughs> you gotta be careful of this glory rhyming. It might just knock you out the rest of the night with the joy. The joy in here is like C4. <laughs> It's explosive. It might just blow you away. <laughs> Some people come in like granite, but God's going to tunnel through you with dynamite. The glory is the love of God. The bubble is the lightness of His love. The carefree ease of the Holy Spirit's omnipotence. All the power of God is in the light glory. My burden is easy. My yoke is a bubble. Amen. The Lord said, my yoke is a bubble. It's a bubble of light. <laughs> Ezekiel chapter 1, I saw the Lord coming in a bubble. And he just blew his bubble machine over Israel and we all got whacked in the glory. <laughs> Back in the day, they'd call it a bubbler. Because if you wanted to get high, you'd have to suck on the bubbler. It was a water bong, but it's living water now. But you still have a bubbler. Not of marijuana, but of Jehovah-wana. Nothing that takes you down. Everything that lifts you up to his crown. Where there's no frown. Fried out of your mind. Can't remember a negative thing ever happened to you. The glory realm is the place of perfected joy. It's a place already planted inside your spirit. That's why there has to be a, a repentance. Repentance is just a religious word. Most people just think, oh man, repentance. It means get high. Repent, repentance means jump in the glory bubble. Get into God's bubble machine because you repent, returning to the high place. The penthouse, that's where you get the word repentance. So you're returning to the high place of His glory. Repent means come up the escalator of bliss. Get into bliss. It doesn't mean change your behavior on earth, because you can't do that. That's religion. You can't change yourself. No human being can change you. But the Holy Spirit can do it easily. What's impossible for man is easy for God. It's easy for God to change us, to elevate us. As we just walk with His power, walk with His effortless glory, walk in His presence, not religiously, 
Not under a big baseball bat if we screw up. He's gonna squish us like an <laughs> ant on the sidewalk. Just totally confident in God's love, marinated in the joy, marinated in the blood of Jesus, revelations of his blood, revelations of his love, that nothing can squash you, because Jesus loves you. 32,000 promises in the Bible towards you from God. And all of them are yes and amen in the bubble. <laughs> all the promises are yes and amen in the glory realm. In the realm of joy, in the realm of the glorified personality. So you look at people working in the Pentecostal stuff and they don't have glorified personalities. They don't, they're not operating out of the glory. They're not operating out of the joy. It's church age, dark ages, Christianity. It is. You gotta come out of that into the glory. You gotta give it up for the joy. Get totally undignified, get totally undone. Stop your striving, stop your religious works and learn how to drink the glory, drink the river, drink the blood of Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ said in John 6 that you cannot be my disciple unless you drink my blood. That's what he said. He said, unless you drink, you can't even become a disciple. I mean, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> we're drinking. We're drinking all the time because we're disciples of the new wine, which is his bloodline, which is making our heart shine. You know, we want our faces to shine, but your face is the expression of the blood in your heart. If your heart's pure, your face is pure. If your heart's corrupt, your face is stern and serious. You tune in and just get offended and call down judgment upon the new wine party. Here's people tuning in offended by us tonight. I know some of you have a hard time believing that there's dry people out there that hate the glory of God. Lord, give them a revelation of the glory. Give them a revelation of the perfected joy. All these people with the pierced hands of Jesus protecting children from the rainbow. All over. <laughs> I mean, it's like just religious people don't get it, man. You know, you're always trying to be good in the brain when you're under a religious principality. But I tell you what, we celebrate the rainbow and you don't even have to be offended or defensive. What are you doing with the animal? What are you doing in sin and the knowledge of good and evil? Get into the glory. In the glory, everything is joy. You're so high in the spirit of glory that you can laugh at everything going on below. You can't get offended when you're in the glory. You can't, it's not possible. Human beings have no grid for the glory of God. The glory of God has to be revelated into your spirit. The carnal mind comprehends not the things of the spirit of glory, nor can it, the Bible says, but spiritual things are spiritually discerned as a gift of revelation, direct revelation from the spirit of God. The 
spirit of God will awaken your immortal, invincible, eternal spirit, whether you're in darkness or light, whether you're mature or immature, your spirit is invincible. Your spirit's invincible. It'll go on forever and ever. Every human spirit is immortal and invincible because that's the divine part of them. It can't die. It can't die. So all you got to do is get revelations from the Holy Ghost into that divine part of you, your spirit, and then just burn up your soul with joy. Just fry your soul, soul in the oil of happiness. That's all you got to do. That is the Christian walk. Growing from glory to glory is your spirit partnered with the Holy Spirit burning up your soul with the joy of the Lord. So we just look at our soul today. It don't matter what my heart's saying. I don't listen to my heart. Are you kidding me? I don't listen to my brain. I don't listen to this natural realm. I go into the river and just get baptized. And it's usually some liquidy knowledge. <laughs> when you learn to communicate in the river, it's a lot different. You're speaking fish. It's bubbles. When fish talk, bubbles come up. Blah, 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 blah. Amen. <laughs> You have to learn to speak a different language in the glory. You know, the carnal mind and the animal mind isn't able to communicate in such a baptism. That's the real cross, the power of the cross, where all your natural senses are crucified with the glory. The cross is the place of the glory. The Lamb of God pours out a river of glory, and the Lamb of God is crucified and raised from the dead and manifesting all His wonder-working power towards you constantly. And the Bible says, all you gotta do is drink. All you gotta do is drink. You just turn your mind off. Romans 8 says, if you don't turn your mind off, you'll always oppose the Holy Spirit your entire Christian life. You know, he's speaking to Christians, to the Christians in Rome. He's telling the Christians that if you don't turn your brain off, your good intentions will fight the Holy Spirit because the divine nature is not carnal. It's not human. It's not of this world. It's supernatural. It's joyful. It's childlike. It's freedom and abundant life. You got to turn this thing off. This is where Satan tempts you to get out of the glory, to run away from the river, to run away from the Holy Spirit. I ain't running away from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to run toward the Holy Spirit and get even crazier than this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been months waking up just whacked completely whacked on the fire of God I wake up and it's just it feels like I've been 
frying in a McDonald's deep fryer the whole night. It's been months like that. It's I've been burning in this fire oil for so long. It just feels like an eternity. And I love it every moment. I wake up so thankful. There, I'm so burnt up by the anointing in my brain that there's zero thoughts. And it's, you know, it's only been a th about three months or so where I can say, honestly, the fire and the oil are so strong from my spirit, whacking my soul and just, and just sizzling in it. As, and when I wake up, it's just like I've been deep fried the whole night. I'm telling you guys, there is a place where you can literally obey this verse in the Bible. Take no thought. Jesus Christ told his disciples in the gospel, take no thought. Hey, don't even think. Like zero. You know what I mean? Because then your spirit is just like this, this smoky cloud. When you turn this thing off, because this is where you sin, in the brain, in the flesh of the brain, the only flesh is the brain. So if the brain, the flesh is crucified, what's controlling you? Just a smoky cloud of glory. <laughs> the temple is filled with glory as soon as you turn off the sinner, which is this thing figuring out, this thing got to do religious activity, traditions, even Pentecostal, charismatic, I, I need to save everybody. <laughs> Man, you need to get a revelation, get your brain whacked. If you save them apart from the glory, they ain't saved for nothing. They're just converted Pharisees. That's what Jesus Christ said. You want to bring them into the glory, and then they're just blasted. You want to bring them into the house of wine. You want to get them engrafted into the bloodline, the wine vine of the Lamb. That's why if they're not converted through drinking, they're not even converted. Because they're not in the river. They're still in the dry place. They're still in the place of the dead. It's just another philosophy about God, a philosophy about Jesus in the brain. That ain't salvation. That ain't the gospel. That's a false gospel. You can't convert people in the flesh. You can only convert them by the regeneration of their spirit. We don't need them to agree with a certain set belief systems. That's paganism. That's the occult. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the as as occult as it gets, which is I believe the same stuff here as God does. You know, it don't matter if you believe the same stuff here as God does. You have to have it written on your spirit as a light being. Your spirit has to be built up in power and glory and angelic ability. You have to be as spiritual as God is. First John, First uh, Peter, I was reading today, says that Jesus died on the cross so you could live in the spirit where he is. You understand that? So that you're not even in the natural. I mean, how drunk are you going to be when you're not even living in the natural realm? Jesus shed his blood. It says it in Peter. I, I shared it on Facebook. Oh, good. I got it open right here. First Peter 4, 6. For this is why the good news... The gospel was preached in their lifetime, even to the dead, that though judged in fleshly bodies as men are, they might live in the spirit as God does. That you might live in the river as God does. That you might live in the bubble. That you might live in Eden. You might live a childlike, carefree, easy life in the glory where God lives. 
most carefree in total ease. Complete and perfected freedom already prepared for you. So you're constantly what? Transfigured by the renewing of your mind. So the battlefield is where Joyce Myers, the battlefield of the mind. With the big chess pieces on her famous book. They made me read that book in Teen Challenge. It whacked me so hard. <laughs> they gave me all the good stuff when I got converted. And it's true. The battlefield is no further than your eye sockets. Than those ears hanging off of your skull. You gotta blast those ears. Keep those ears blasted. You gotta blast your mind. Keep that forehead blasted. If you stop getting blasted by the light of salvation, blasted by the river, blasted by the wine, blasted by the lightnings, blasted by the cherubim, and blasted by the seraphim, you gotta live a lifestyle of getting blasted. The master blaster of the glory. Just whacking your head and your mind. See, when you're a drug addict, you live to blast your mind. And it's a direct counterfeit of living in the glory of heaven. When you're living in the glory of heaven, God is light. What is that light? The light of glory, which means if you're not in the glory, you're not even in God. You got to get into God in the light of his glory and learn how to live blasted. You got to blast your mind with the glory. If you don't blast your mind, you'll have a bad time. See, the glory itself, when it blasts your mind, begins to do the works of God. We're so concerned about the works, building ministries, looking some part in front of others, raising support for all the things we're doing. I tell you what, get blasted in the glory, and the glory will demonstrate the kingdom. It'll offend the religious people. But what do we say? Percy is on the payroll. You know, Percy's our good friend. Persecution. Persecution. He pays really well. They start sending out hundreds and hundreds of messages to everybody. <laughs> Telling them what a terrible ministry of Satan we are. What a cult. How we offend God. And uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. I'm certain we offend their God. <laughs> I know it. Because their God, their God is a demon. Their God is the devil and he's offended by the joy of the Lord big time. He has no sense of humor. He has no freedom. He has no abundant life. He has no ease. He has to work harder and harder. It ain't easy cooking against the pricks, is it, Satan? Ah, ha, ha. Oh, ha, ha. oh, we're going to make it even harder for the devil. We're going to make it harder for religious people. I'm so excited for 500-pound marshmallows. You know, millstone marshmallows of just thick, honey-filled glory clouds that just ruining man's traditions. Ruining all your attempts of Christianity, all your attempts at success. I want the carnal mind destroyed. 
Do you know it's a promise? One of those 32,000 promises in the Bible, this is one of my favorite ones, I say it all the time at Joel's Bar, that God will destroy the intelligence of the intelligent. And I, I know that's not many of us, so we don't, we don't need to be so afraid of that. <laughs> but there's smart people out there. <laughs> and the glory dum-dums are about to eat him up. I mean, going around like a glory cloud, last time I checked, a cloud has an IQ of zero. <laughs> you need to bring your IQ to zero if you want to be spiritually smart. Zeros. I put all my chips in the cloud. And so the human mind that's all about the brain power and intellect and reasoning and worldly wisdom and worldly blah blah blah, it's all, it's all gonna be devoured by clouds. The Bible says it. Certain judgment. Judgment's not coming in the old covenant style. It's coming like a rainbow coming like a rainy day full of light that's what Jesus said it'll be like the days of Noah where it's gonna rain and it'll be like this invisible liquid coming down on everyone it's not gonna be natural rain it's gonna be the glory and the glory is gonna come so much people won't believe in it they didn't believe in water back then they didn't believe in rain 600 years they listened to Noah talk about rain and none of them had faith for rain or water. They'd never seen rain before. It had never rained before in the history of the earth. Pangea didn't have rain. We had different weather back then. The Bible says it. There was no rain in the, in the first day. Yeah. The Bible says the springs came out of the earth and watered the garden no rain it was like a hyperbaric chamber and so it was a completely different atmosphere it was a perfected atmosphere we're going back to that atmosphere but it's coming by the glory it's coming in a substance invisible that most Christians honestly don't even believe in it's coming in the most fringest part of Christianity the glory Christians that are gonna bring something from the sky that's just gonna whack everybody <laughs> I mean, how whacked are you when you're just floating around in a substance you don't believe in? You're like, open the ark, Noah. <laughs> well, you believe now, don't you? There's the rain. They got you. <laughs> and the Bible says the great harvest of the end times will be like Noah's rain. That by the time they realize it's coming, listen, it's not going to be this negative thing. It's not. Listen, we're the children of joy. We're the children of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden inheritance is already planted in your spirit. So the only thing that can happen to God's kids is a greater experience of salvation from their center. So all of that stuff that you feel externally of judgment, it's because it's the fallen angels, how they're feeling towards your core, which is the recreated new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 reality. 
so like the more the external realms that's why you can't go by what you see or by what you hear you can't be led by your senses if you're led by your senses you cannot be a disciple you have to be led by the cross in the center of your invisible spirit you have to be led by faith you have to be led by the invisible spirit of god how do we get to know the holy ghost better we gotta read his bible you gotta because that's the language that he speaks while you're in the bubble you might pop out of the bubble if you don't learn how to communicate with the holy ghost i'm out of here you take your little fork of doubt and pop it and fall back down into the dirt there's a bubble waiting for you though when you're done playing in the dirt done playing in the dust done playing in the dimension of the dead and the damned and the fallen angels there's a bubble for your soul and it comes out of your spirit christ in you the bubble the hope of realizing the ascension of going up in the glory provided at conversion at salvation not an external thing that comes upon you an impartation from the moment you first believed you got to return to your center now and trust what god placed in your spirit the day you first believed in jesus what happens is we bury our spirit so that ability to arise is dormant christ in you the glory realm the promised land within the bible calls it in song of solomon that is dormant we allow dust and dirt which are the words of the enemy to come in through our five senses mainly through our ears doubt and unbelief come by hearing hearing by the doubter and the unbeliever that's why he always spreads his toxic toxicity man that's a hard word is he's always spreading his toxic waste all over the place because doubt and unbelief come by hearing just as faith comes by hearing a lot of times they'll be listening to me and other people that are imparting prophetic revelations so you can rise higher in the glory but then they'll listen to religious people they'll entertain demons they'll listen to demons they'll listen to some doubter some unbeliever some professional in the world that's a child of satan that doesn't have any revelation of his spirit whatsoever just all temporal natural intelligence and reasoning and worldly wisdom worldly philosophy just a totally accursed soul you got to completely cut out from your soul the voice of the enemy the key to joshua and caleb was they didn't listen to a negative report they wouldn't listen to bad news i don't listen to fox news i don't listen to cnn news i don't listen to any news i don't listen to good news i don't listen to bad news i don't listen to anything humanity has to say because all humanity is liars the bible says i listen to what the river says the voice of many waters the waters are talking from the eternal realm let the spirit and the bride speak and let those listening hear what the spirit is saying to the churches see the spirit is speaking which means the water when you're drinking you're hearing what the water is 
speaking to the churches. Your bodies together are the tabernacle of his presence on earth. Your body is the church, the body of Christ. If you drink in the living waters, you can hear what the living waters are speaking to your hearts. And if you hear and you listen to the living water and you begin obeying the river of life, you get to go on Holy Ghost adventures. You get to come out of the dullness of Egypt into the excitement of Zion. You get to come out of organized religion, earthly Christianity into heavenly Christianity where you're wild and free as birds. That's what Jesus Christ said. Bearing good fruit. All the birds there come and perch on you. All the angels. All the birds. Birds aren't just the enemy angels. Birds are two-thirds. The majority of angels are all birds. Jesus called them birds. He called your souls trees. He's looking for angel armies to perch on your temples and cooperate with the rivers that you're releasing from his throne. He's turning you into commanders of angel armies. You have faith for it? The Holy Ghost in you does. The Holy Spirit in you is the faith of God. The Holy Spirit is your faith. You have none of your own. Just checking for strange fire. It's not that I have faith, it's that the Holy Ghost possesses me and He is perfect faith. Faith is not something that you just believe here. No, that'll stress you out, man. That'll discourage you. You'll lose your faith if it's based on you. If your faith is based on you, you don't even have faith. It's just deception. Faith is the Spirit of God. So you have Him. Now He will change you. He wants to change your soul. The purification of your soul is everything after you're born again. Since the promised land is only doves, peacemakers, we owe sons, Matthew 5, it only belongs to those purified of heart and mind. So the Holy Ghost is only trying to purify you. It's not about even religious information. It's not about coming to Joel's bar or watching the prophets. It's about getting sanctified. The prophetic is to sanctify you from Jezebel, the principality of immorality that's holding you back from the promised land of being white doves in the cloud line of the angelic heavenly sphere ruling and reigning this world as mature ones. You know what mature one means? perfectly pure he wasn't even demonstrating father's intelligence the bible only records jesus using 600 words which is a five-year-old's vocabulary jesus own in the red letters there's only 500 different words used in the red letters that's an average vocab of a five-year-old he didn't come to demonstrate intelligence he came for us to be destroyed in our intelligence if we're still trying to get smart we're the enemies of jesus christ you need to realize that and that's what's wrong with religion you try to get smart on things like bible study 
You try to get smart on doctrine and theology, you make yourselves the literal enemies of God. No, you don't, I mean, you don't get it. This, it's, you have to get into the simplicity. The reason why Jesus did that is it was because of knowledge that man fell from glory. He could have demonstrated how smart he is, smarter than the doctors, and eventually going deeper in the wisdom, you'll, you'll share in that intelligence. There's a deeper intelligence in there. You have eternity to grow in that. So those 600 words, that's not for eternity. You'll have 6 trillion words for eternity. You'll grow in the Word of God. But just having a rock-solid foundation of a pure spirit that speaks a vocabulary out of purity, out of living water, is the foundation for weos sonship. As a, the most mature Christian who ever lived, Jesus Christ, he spoke at a five-year-old level. All of this mysticism out there of getting smart and all this teaching stuff, I'm telling you, it's false mysticism, it's false sonship. It's not what Jesus walked in. Apostle John says in Revelation, if we're following him, we'll walk like he does. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which means you will get more and more stupid to the natural realm. And so that will refine who's around you. You don't need no you don't need to get smarter in your brain to get successful. In Babylon, the demons will reward you for destroying your spirit's ability. So you get these demonic rewards. There's a demonic reward system of climbing the seven mountains. And I know some of you need to be convicted about that right now. Because that's not the blessings of God. The blessings of God are childlike freedom in the purity of the spotless lamb. You need to please the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will reward you. And he will take chunks out of those mountains. Jesus Christ said if you cause a little one to stumble, tie a millstone around his neck and throw him into the depths of the sea. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be you cast into the sea. It'll be cast into your sea and it will obey you. Which means that I will move mountains into the sea that you are pleasing. The sea is the sea of glass of the waters of the Holy Spirit. If you begin to please the drink and not the think, God can reward you. All things, material things, can be added unto someone who is melting down the idolatry of their own soul and mind. All idolatry is an enshrinement over the human brain. It's a false crown. It's like a Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel is in the mind. It's not out there. It's right here. You take down the Tower of Babel between your own ears, it won't even touch you. You'll be in heaven. You'll live in heaven all your days if you can tear down worldly wisdom, worldly religion, all of your ideas and philosophies, and burn them in fire. We were the Sodom and Gomorrah. What's Sodom and Gomorrah? I'll tell you. The knowledge of good and evil. And it's not an external judgment. Judgment begins in the house of God, which is in these temples. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your bodies are the houses of God's spirit. So judgment begins in this house. Wow. If we're involved in the enemy, well, the house is going to be full of sin, sickness, disease, poverty, problems, turmoil, struggles, terrible stuff. 
But if we're purifying ourselves with the living waters, obedient to the living waters, going deeper and more and more progressively God inside minded, less and less external idolatry, tearing down the Tower of Babel. How does she go down in Revelation? She goes down into the Crystal Sea. It's a baptism. That's the days of Noah, is that the soul in control is drowned in the living water. Amen. Drowned our minds, Lord Jesus, tonight. I pray that a 500-pound millstone be tied around your neck and you be thrown into the depth of the sea. You know what a 500-pound millstone The rock of ages. It's the word of God. That's why people don't like the real prophets, because it terminates the control of their soul. Unless you lose your soul, you can't find God. Over and over and over, the Bible says, unless you terminate, extinguish, and put to not your soul, you'll never see God or know God. Because the soul life, the self life, it lives in opposition to God, which means there's no cross. You're not drinking his blood. It's all about me. I can't stop thinking about myself. You only see yourself. Your Christianity is only about yourself and improving yourself. It's paganism. That ain't Christianity. Christianity is a cross that kills the soul nature, the self nature. Only those that are crucifying the soul nature are Christians at all. Amen? Jesus said it, unless you pick up your cross and follow me, you can by no means be my disciples. It's not optional. So we're here to get annihilated on the glory. Not in a painful way. Not in a religious external way, not in rules and regulations, but in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit revealing the cross through our minds. That our five senses would magnify the Lord of glory. It's the glory fire that applies the cross to our hearts and minds. See, the fire is the promised land. Heaven is a place of fire. Enoch passed through ice, second heavens, into fire, third heavens. That's what it says. So the fire, the baptism of fire, is the entrance into the kingdom of heaven. The ascension itself. The degrees of glory of 2 Corinthians 3.18 is the degrees of fire going higher in the fire. One thing you need, more fire burning your soul. And a lot of times, I'm telling you guys from experience, it's not just give me the fire, it's him dealing with the issues of your heart and extracting different repetitive sin issues, different destructive thought patterns, because the Word of God judges the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12, and that's how the fire, which is a sword of the Lord. Remember what the fire is in the Garden of Eden? The sword of flashing fire. His name is Jesus Christ, the Word of God. So the sword of fire is what brings the clarity to the thought life of the inner man. It's you clinging to the Word. And what it does is judges what you were doing previously. And there'll be a bigger sword of fire, which is Christ, the morning star rising in your heart. You only get fire from stars. 
You know that from science class. There's no fire except from stars. Well, the morning star is the source of the glory fire that created all the stars, so you're getting into the creator fire. The creator fire is what restores the soul to live in heaven all the time. So you're no, no longer conscious of the realm of the dead. You're a conscious only of the heavenly glory. You're from above and not below, which means in the anointing you'll have a rain which gives you a superior intelligence of an elevation of the inner man. That's why the demons that could see what Jesus was in the spirit would always cry out to him. Because he was living in that world. That's what the Bible says. They might live in the spirit as God does. Living in the spirit of God is not a complicated thing. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's simply a relationship with the Holy Ghost. You know how you have a successful life? Make the Holy Spirit your best friend. Now the Holy Spirit, he will grow in a relationship with you. I tell you what, I got introduced to the Holy Ghost at Minnesota Teen Challenge in 1999. I got radically baptized in the Spirit. But the Assemblies of God had limitations of how well you could know the Holy Spirit before you were no longer welcome in their churches. I'd see, you know, we'd have people kicked out all the time. Rules and regulations of how far you could go with the Holy Spirit. You had to ask permission. It was no dancing. You had to ask permission to dance. It was prophetic dancing. I don't know if they still have that anymore. They had all the rules of the Holy Spirit written down. 16 regulations of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Listen, you got to come to a place where the Holy Spirit has burnt up everything in you except the law of love. That's when you're completely controlled by Him. Love is the fulfillment of all rules. So you're coming into a place of perfected freedom where the do's and don'ts are gone. See, there's no law in the Garden of Eden, was there? Was there any commandments in the Garden of Eden? Did Abraham have commandments? No commandments, no law with Abraham, no law, no commandments with Isaac or Jacob. Only later on with Moses did laws come. And they were needed because people live like crazy animals. Thou shall not kill. Thank God for that law. That it's illegal to kill someone. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be dead and there'd be no one on earth, just an empty planet. So the law was necessary for the wicked, the Bible says, to judge the wicked. Well, now you have Jesus in you, who is your righteousness. If you grow in him, he fulfills all the law. And what is the lawgiver on Zion of Revelation 15? It's the word of his divine love. It's the word of living bread, which means a nourishment, not an external dew. That's death, an internal empowerment. The word of God in the new covenant is bread for your spirit. They will eat the hidden manna, representing the bread of the word of God. Father, give them their daily bread, Matthew 6, which is give them the word. What is the word that builds up the spirit? The word of grace. So any word that doesn't lift up the spirit into a higher glory is from Satan. It's true. The accuser of the brethren himself who uses external words, and he really wants to get them in your spirit, he'll direct them at your spirit to shut down your rising, to keep you in the realm of the dead, 
which is under the fallen angels and the principalities of the heavenly angelic sphere. So that's how words and laws work, external from the enemy. And all that stuff breaks off you when the word of God is bread for your spirit, builds up your spirit and renews your mind. None of that external stuff applies to you anymore. But if your spirit is not built up on the fresh bread of the word of the new covenant, the law of the new covenant, which is food, God's love, what is the water saying to you? What the waters are saying to you is the law of the new covenant. What does the Bible say? Those who obey the Holy Spirit fulfill all the law. If you are inobedient to the one true God who's here on earth called the Holy Ghost, you keep staying obedient. He will break off all that external stuff from you and you'll fulfill the law. You become government over your region. You'll remove unjust laws. You'll, you won't even have to speak at your Capitol Hall. You won't even have to talk to your senators your house of representatives, you'll be reigning the influence of the thought life from the sky. You'll be fully angelic. This is how the principalities have ruled the nations for 6,000 years. You're stepping into it. Sonship Wios means that you are now the new principalities of the influence of the thought life of the earth. If there's real sonship in this place, that means it's constantly influencing everyone with every breath. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Prince of Peace, Principality King David. Kingship is a principality. What is principality? A government of a prince. Not the prince of darkness, not the prince of lies. Not those princes, but the prince of peace. The principality of peace. The principality of the white dove. The prince of the Holy Ghost, which is the Son of God. Do you know Israel or Israelite means prince? Do you know that? Israel and Israelite means prince. God created principalities. That's what an Israelite means. It means a prince with God, a principality, one who influences the thought life of others. I have made you the head and not the tail. I have made you the kings of the nations. Amen. In Christ, how much more than in Jacob? Hello? How much greater is the new covenant than the old covenant? Listen, if you're not in the new covenant, that old covenant stuff is working on you, influencing you with legalism, Jewish Kabbalah, Kabbalah of the Kabbalah and the deep state and the Freemason sorcery, which is just Kabbalah, which is just the abuse of the covenant religions, Judaism and Christianity. That's what it is. That's what sorcery is, is the abuse of covenant God-ordained religions. Wow, so you guys have practiced a lot more sorcery than you know. It's actually more common for Christians to be sorcerers than to be practitioners of righteousness, which is the river of life. It's actually rare to find someone discipled in correctly in the river. Most people just are soulish, and so most Christians are sorcerers. That's normal in Babylon, the great I have made you the chief of all the magicians in Babylon, David, Daniel, amen? Which means that it was common that everyone practiced the magic arts. It was uncommon that they had an intimate relationship with God where the lions are not hungry when you're around them, but then when the magicians are around them, they tear them to pieces in the Bible. 
Amen? <laughs> it's because of idolatry. Nebuchadnezzar, the golden image. Golden calf in the wilderness. Golden image in Babylon. Our sister church from Babylon greets you. Peter's talking about living in Babylon in the Bible. You know, he's, he recognizes the world system. And it's true. If 2,000 years ago they're in Babylon, which means he wasn't really dealing with Rome, he was dealing with just all the combination of worldliness of the fallen angels throughout the nations, how much more 2,000 years later? See, this is the time where Babylon just dissolves in a people of the kingdom. Remember the Daniel 7 prophecy? That the living waters would dissolve all those kingdoms of the fallen angels. All those kingdoms and everything that the fallen angels had built would be melted into the sea. What happened in the days of Noah? All those Sumerian ancient civilizations and all of their witchcraft and sorcery just sunk into the sea. <laughs> but this isn't going to be a natural sea. We're still going to have our seven oceans, our seven seas on this planet, our seven continents. This will be the glory. This will be the sea of glass. But all Babylon the Great will sink into the sea of glass and you're the releasers of its waters. You determine the height of the waters, the width and the height and the breadth and the depth of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. You are the water masters. I saw the Lamb of God seated on a throne over the floods, Psalm says, which means you determine how high the waters. So Satan's only hope is that you be worldly and love Babylon so you don't raise the waters and drown her. If you're distracted, deceive. If you have a Babylonian Christianity, which is actually the norm in America, Babylonian Christianity is normal Christianity in the USA. To have a Zion kingdom living water, glory Christianity that's true, is extremely rare. We need to go there and drown everywhere. Amen. We need to raise the water line in our own temples. Ezekiel 47. Amen. The temple of the living waters. You determine the tides by how much you sacrifice your soul. You know how you sacrifice your soul? Obey the Holy Spirit. Not complicated. Not a list of works. Obedience to the Spirit of God, the voice of the water, determines if it rises in your heart. All of you need to go back to the last thing, the voice of many waters spoke to you from within, and obey it. Otherwise, the water will never rise in you, no matter how many prophets you listen to the rest of your life. You can't listen to enough sermons. You can't listen to enough revelation. You can be around signs and wonders. Christianity won't do nothing for you unless you obey the last thing that the living water said inside your own spirit. You need the waters to rise in your own temple. You're only accountable for that body and its contents of your soul and spirit. If you want the river of life to rise in your spirit, transform your soul, baptize your bodies, and outpour from your five senses rivers of glory, you have to learn how to obey the living water today. And it's fun in the glory. It's not even difficult. It's because you're only disagreeing with the enemy the more you agree with the Holy Spirit. But the enemy comes as an angel of light. So a lot of times the stuff we have from God here, yeah, it's the God of this world. It's a Babylonian word. 
I have seen Jezebel counterfeit the prophetic every single day of ministry since 2006. That's your arch nemesis, which is the highest level of confusion at Jezebel's spirit. It's the direct counterfeit of the mature sons of God, <laughs> where they're not obedient to the water, but they have the outward forms that they look like sons. And they can talk the talk and they have all the stuff. And then if you, if you bring the truth and rebuke, you look like the bad guy. So Jezebel likes to make the true sons always look like the bad guy from punishing other sons. But it's, listen man, the cross will punish the human heart with glory, with drowning it, with baptism. So you can guarantee the cross is going to test you to see if you're right and true. You'll be tested in fire seven times. That's what the Bible says. And you need to test every spirit to be, see if it's from God. Because not everyone that says they're Christian is Christian. False brothers, false sisters everywhere. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It's just they're not actually carrying a cross, sacrificing their heart. If you're opening your soul up to their words, you're actually allowing the enemy into your body. Their words are seeds of the enemy. Remember Job? Job had three friends come to him and channel Satan into them. And if he ever agreed with them, he would have died. You can't agree with a person that's a false brother, with a false sister. And it's so deceiving, so everyone does. And you learn the hard way most of the time. Until we've established a perfect church in the glory, ruling from the heavenly Jerusalem, you're going to have to learn these things and experience them yourselves because it's so wild out there you're not going to believe even if you're told you're going to have to have your own experiences the stubbornness of the sorcery is so strong i wish people would just hear and believe and obey and it's just oh now my life is perfect we've been reaching hundreds of thousands of people since 2006 and broadcasting most people no matter how much they hear, they're not even going to change until they have their own experiences and it usually comes through the breaking down of their stubbornness. You could come every week to Joel's bar, you could watch every single day, but until it becomes real to you and challenges your soul and your mind and it's breaking down your stubbornness. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying to you right now. I want to break down your stubbornness. I want to break down your ability to resist the living water. I want the living water to devour your stubbornness, every area where you're in your own mind and not in God. You know, any place you're in your own mind, you're not in Christ. That's what the Bible says. If I'm out of my mind, I'm with God. If I'm in my mind, I'm with man. That's what the Bible says. I need to be out of my mind in the water in order to be with God. The Bible says to be absent from the flesh is to be in the presence of God. It's not death. There's seven levels of revelationary verse in the Bible. So go a little deeper than surface level. We're going into the complete and total absence of the natural man to live in the immortal invincible spirit in the presence of God not in the body, not aware of the body, in the spirit, all the time in the spirit. Jesus died on the cross so you could live in the spirit where he is. 1 Peter 4, 6. But the end and the culmination of all things has now come near. Keep sound-minded and self-restrained and alert, therefore, the practice of prayer. 
Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Practice hospitality to one another. Those of the household of faith, be hospitable. Be a lover of strangers with brotherly affection for the unknown guests, the foreigners, the poor, and all others who come your way who are of Christ's body. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially, and graciously, without complaining, but as representing Him. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as benefits good trustees of God's many-sided graces, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Whoever speaks, let him do it as one who utters oracles of God. Fun, fun, fun. Whoever renders service, let him do it as with the strength with which God furnishes abundantly, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ the Messiah. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever, through endless ages. Amen. So be it. Beloved, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. As though something strange, unusual, and alien to you and your position were befalling you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice, so that when His glory, full of radiance and splendor, is revealed, you may also rejoice with triumph exultantly. <laughs> Amen. If you are censured and suffer abuse because you bear the name of Christ, blessed are you, happy, fortunate, to be envied with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of your outward condition, because the Spirit of glory and the Spirit of God is resting upon you. Just say the Spirit of glory is resting on me. Shabbat. The Spirit of glory is resting upon us. <laughs> That'll turn your frown upside down. That's the fullness of joy. That's the promised land. The Spirit of glory resting upon you outwardly. Outwardly. You gotta get it on the outside. Because then your your face, your your senses, your soul, your body, your house, your car, your sidewalk, your city is just glory. It's the promised land. It's a perfected realm of freedom and abundant life on the outside. I don't have problems on the inside. I mean, I'm sanctified. I'm fried. There's rivers pouring on me. I have problems on the outside. Incredible persecutions, tons of enemies, tons of slander, tons of abuse, tons of disobedience. On the outside, it's a total mess. We need this glory to rest upon us on the outside. 
Just say, let the glory rest on me on the outside. <laughs> That's what's going to fix this mess. Because the spirit of glory is resting upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed. See, they're going to attack it. They're not going to understand it. The Bible says, when the spirit of glory rests upon you, he's blasphemed. It's right there. 1 Peter 4, 14. When the spirit of glory rests upon you, he is blasphemed. Now, that doesn't sound very nice, but if anyone's been in the glory, you know that's exactly what happens. And it tells you right here, because you're going to go through it. Later on, you burn up all the fallen angels off them, because that's what's causing them to blaspheme, because you're bringing the kingdom into the natural realm. You're bringing the kingdom upon flesh and blood. You're destroying the works of the devil. The only substance in the New Testament that does that is this glory. So you get all the reactions from the enemy, from everyone, from nations. They're not going to like it. You are destroying everything in their culture, dashing the nations to pieces like pottery. You're destroying the knowledge of good and evil. So you're destroying all their goodness. The glory destroys man's goodness. The, the glory destroys man's love. The glory, we love it. It destroys man's politics, good politics, bad politics, secret politics. All politics get destroyed. The glory destroys everything. The glory is the fire of judgment that all the elements, which is the natural dimension, is reserved for. Your job is, is to go gung-ho in the glory and understand with revelation why you're being resisted because you're burning up the devil's kingdom and let that encourage you when they react negatively not to be rebellious in it but to be a good faithful son an obedient son to the voice of the spirit of glory. Now the spirit of glory is the man of glory. The Lord of glory is his name. Jesus is present with us. The Bible says as the spirit of glory, which is a man of light. That's the man of light. They gave the 10 commandments to Moses on the mountain. So his face shone with the glory because the man of light had burned his word right into his soul. And it was a fading glory. Now you have that man of light on the inside, so your spirit is an ever-increasing glory. So the splendor of your countenance will be lifted up continuously if you keep growing in the fire, which is judgment towards your heart, towards your thought life. A lot of people shut it down when they're just at a point where they're good. And this is the level of inheritance I'm content with for eternity. Forget that nonsense. I want to see everything dissolve. You got to be like Alice in Wonderland around here. I don't you have to be robo tripping on a thousand hits of Holy Ghost Timothy Leary where everything's melting and I don't care that's how I like it. Amen. You know it's hardcore because you're melting down the world system around you and you're doing it on purpose. No wonder why they're persecuted. You, you want to because you're actually destroying the works of good. You know the main enemy of the works of the spirit of glory are the good works of Christians. They are the good works of all the religions. The goodness of man is the arch nemesis of the Holy Spirit. 
It's the arch nemesis. It's the total rejection. It's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Because it, it says, no Holy Spirit for me. Look at how good I am in my humanity. It's the full embrace of Satanism. That's how serious it is. And a lot of Christians get tempted into that nonsense of the devil and so to the radical glory of the Holy Ghost that just burns all that nonsense up. We need to understand we've suffered too much in our immaturity and our lack of sanctification and knowing the judgments of the glory. The re receiving the glory is receiving the white throne judgment seat of Christ. Who is the King of glory? Psalms 24 asks the question. The Bible tells you the God of war. The God of war. It's a judge. You are embracing the warfare of his glory upon your life when you're saying yes to the glory. That's why we don't get people sticking around. They go into some false glory that lets you do what you want so you can hold on to your soul, but they're not close to God for real. They're fake. Fakes everywhere, guys. Fake, 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 fake. The ones that are getting real are embracing a stronger judgment of glory every day, and they don't care how it looks to their spouse. Probably can't even explain it. But you're in right standing with God, and that's all that matters. You must obey God and not man. That's what the Bible says. You cannot obey God and man both. Galatians 1, it is written. You'll have to obey the glory, especially if you're getting trained and discipled and you have a calling in your life into leadership and the apostolic and the prophetic. There will be an utterly a forsaking of the world all the time required of you. Not once, constantly. And if you come into covenant with that stuff, your destiny is forfeit for eternity. Someone else will, someone else will pick it up because you've chosen the world. How many times does the Apostle Paul say in the New Testament, this person abandoned me for love of the world? It's in there like 15 times. Only Mark is with me, my son Mark. Only Luke, the physician, the beloved is with me. And this person, demons, Demas, forsook me because he loved the world. This Hyapras, blah, 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 all these Greek <laughs> names. And it's like flake city. The majority of the disciples and the leaders around the apostle Paul forsook him. You understand that the glory is a dividing point. What Are you going to have mixture? It's not that you're not a lover of Jesus, not a worshiper of Jesus. It's the measure of your radical commitment to the white throne. Not the White House. The throne of the Lamb is called the white throne. It's white for the glory of Jesus. It's the glory of the Father in the transfigured Son because of His perfect obedience to the will of His heavenly Father. And I'm telling you guys, if you're going to walk in the glory, you're going to have to have the same level of commitment as Jesus. Jesus was tested constantly as an ordinary human being to see if he'd obey God, and he passed every test. But you look at how he passed him, he'd have to continuously destroy his own ministry. In the Bible. Just to test, to see, are you really loyal? Get rid of all of it. Offend all these flakes. They don't even care about God. They're just here for handouts. They just want knowledge. And Jesus repeatedly destroyed his ministry so that it'd be indestructible by the Father's glory. That's all that remained. It's called the Rock of Ages. You know, you're tested so much so that there's nothing in your life except the invincible immortality of the Father's glory. 
and the Father's will. You want to get that rock solid in God. That's what the sons of God are. That's what the weos of God are. They're so rock solid that they are literally enthroned in the Father's glory by constant, continual practice of righteousness. The Bible says that. What is the constant practice of righteousness? It's the constant obedience in the inner man to the Holy Spirit. And on the outside, it usually looks like paganism. It usually looks like rebellion. Look at how the Pharisees treated him. He was in perfect obedience to his father, and they constantly said he was doing the wrong thing. So when you're in obedience to the spirit of glory, to the charismatic religious person, you look rebellious. You might be obeying the Spirit of God. They don't have the same mandate. You might be doing the wildest acts of the prophets and the prophetic obedience of the prophets in the Bible. You know, Jeremiah with the yoke for six months around his neck. These prophets ran around Israel doing the craziest things ever done by human beings. And they did it in the spirit and the anointing of God to shake people out of their carnal senses. Prophetic acts of obedience. Not just constantly just doing what's good in your own head. That doesn't give you rewards. It's the yielding to the Spirit of God, getting out of carnality, and growing in the Holy Ghost, growing in His glory, growing in His light. Less carnal, more spiritual, less natural, more supernatural. All the acts of God are to develop the Spirit, because God is Spirit. He wants His sons and daughters back. He's not looking for workers to win the lost. He'll do that. But he's looking for ones that are exactly like him in maturity on the inside. The most important thing to God is the raising up of people's spirit to know him. Because he's a relational father. He's not looking for these people trapped down here in the spirit with a bunch of do's and don'ts resting on their head. Those people don't know him at all. That doesn't please him at all. That's, we don't even need the new covenant for that. Just rules on their head. You got the old covenant already. You don't need Jesus for that. You need Jesus to know him as the glory on the inside. To be intimate in union with the Father inside these bodies. To purify ourselves from all the earth. Not just the religious crap but from all earthly things, which is the elevation of the earth. It's about an elevation. Impurity is an elevation of your soul. It's not about external, I didn't do that. Listen, man, the falling short of the glory is the definition of sin in the Bible, which means it's an elevation of the inner man. It's all sin in those elevations. Don't matter what you do, good or bad, it's all sin. That's what the Bible teaches, which means when the inner man gets regenerated and built up, you're lifted up into the glory until there's no unclean thing that nothing you do to the left or to the right is sin because you've been raised so high within. That's what the Bible teaches. I have become the living amongst the dead. To the pure, all things are pure. Lifting me out from amongst the dead, even while in the body. In a spiritual and moral resurrection of the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, then you're always fried because of the internal elevation. People look on the outside because the temples look similar on the outside, but the Bible calls that deception. 
you're deceived if you judge with mere natural eyes because you have no spiritual wisdom. You don't understand how reality works in the invisible realm that always rules the visible realm. Angels have ruled this world for thousands of years invisibly, but it's been a freaking nightmare. So you have to go into that invisible realm through the cross of Christ crucified to death and conquer the invisible realm with the invisible part of you. And that's what growing in faith is. Amen. And you will do all the works of God and greater works because you went to the Father because that's just the nature of the Holy Ghost. But it's not going to be premeditated. It's going to be spontaneous. It's going to be by the possession and the control of the Holy Ghost, not by your ideas, not by your plans of how to be godly. All of that will burn. It's all religion. You're going to be spontaneous like Jesus. He'd wake up and he, all he'd do is go pray on the mountain. Then he'd come down and just be possessed of his father and just flow in his father, just releasing rivers. What are we doing? We're going to be a river over to this city. We're going to river over to that city. The water there, water here, water everywhere. And he flowed in water until he had drowned the nation. He had released so much water upon Israel that they began to submit to his kingship, to his, his principality, and lay down Hosanna in the highest palm branches. You understand? That's when you're a principality. It's when all the natural realm bows to you. God lifted it off them the next day and they're shouting crucify him. So how do you go from Hosanna palm branch because the favor of God lifted off him so he could take the sins of the world so that all of us could have that measure of favor if we get into his glory. He wants you all to be riding around on donkeys with people shouting Hosanna laying down palm branches. The angels lay down palm branches. Jesus is not the only son. He's the only one we worship, that's for sure. But he's not the only son with that ability as a prince or a principality. He's the first son amongst many sons of exact same power and authority. And it's my good pleasure to share with you the kingdom, which is that ability to rule the world. But there has to be a purification. There has to be an impartation and a revelation of the white dove within and a partnership with the dove and just radical purity. You can only go as high as you are pure. And it's not going to be based on an external thing. I didn't do it or I did do it. It's going to be based on the internal white dove doing it all. I can do nothing except my father do it, Jesus said. It's the father in me doing the works, the Bible says. Which means I'm looking at the white dove. You're in charge in here. If he doesn't do it, I don't do it. I don't even explain it. I don't care. I'm a God servant on the inside. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple. So you can fall in love with the Holy Ghost in the temple and just get burnt up in the temple. You're in temple revival. The more you're in temple revival, the more you can help other temples go into fiery glory. You're meant to live in continuous outpouring, which is revival, from the day you first believed in Jesus, which means the religious demon was never able to shut you down. The wet towel did not cover you and put out the fire. And the fire is love, and the fire is the light of your spirit. You kept growing as a spirit. The enemy couldn't defeat you. Some of these sons and daughters hate religion so much, and 
they hate rebellion, they hate lust so much that their fire couldn't go out. Which means you've just been in constant bliss since the day you believed in Jesus. You know, it's normal to live in revival from the day you're born again. It's actually weird to be shut down by the devil. It's strange. The, the things the enemy does, it's just lies. It's disgusting. You got, you got slimed. And it's no one's fault because you have a river in you. Just go and wash. Return to the water within and wash. Be washed in the water of the word. Go back to the Bible. Read the Bible until your whole mind and heart are washed. You can read the word and it'll just wash you. And you feel clean again. You never have to feel defiled by any sin. The, the water and the word testify to Jesus' lordship of this universe. First John says it. The blood, the water, and the word. And these three are working in agreement to keep you washed, to keep you built up, to go from glory to glory until you can wash the whole planet with three things. Can constantly outpouring from your temple, three things. The word, the blood, and the water. Not just a little bit either. It's going to rain from the sky. The word will rain like you're a personal outpouring of manna. <laughs> you have this whole territory. Your spirit has the ability of Yahweh in your spirit to rain manna, invisible manna. That everyone, when they when they just inhale through their nostrils, they might be sleeping. And like, they just snorted a big chunk of glory bread, just big oily blood dipped, blood saturated bread into their brain. And their, inf their whole day is influenced. You're going to grow in the ability to influence for good and not for evil. What does the Bible say? Hosea, behold, I come like the rain. Amen. The rain of the heavenly glory, the rain of the 144,000, the rain of Revelation 5.10, they shall rule with the Lamb of God as the skyline. Revelation 14.14 14, of the clouds. Those ones who have the gold crowns, whose minds are fully controlled and purified by God the Father's glory. You need that gold crown. Father, I pray that your gold crown of Jesus Christ would burn through all these minds and purify their minds from all immorality, from all lust, and from all pornography, and from all drugs and alcohol, and from all compromises whatsoever, and from all pride that all idolatry and immorality be incinerated through these minds by the gold crown of Jesus Christ, Lord of glory, King of glory. Your word purifies these minds, these hearts. It builds up every spirit. Let their spirit be built up. Let the eyes and the ears of their spirit form and gel on the inside for angelic ability. Let their wings sprout of their spirit. Let their wings pop out of their, their backs to take them up into higher places. The Word has wings. Your spirit will grow wings as it eats the Word and you will go higher and higher. The Bible says it. You will mount as wings as eagles and soar in upward circular rotations from glory to glory for the path of the righteous shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day. Which means the full reign of your spirit over the allotted territory that God created your spirit to live in before he formed the earth and the heavens. Amen? Father, restore the glory that I had with you before the world was. Return me to the original design of the great I Am. Amen? Jesus, the firstborn amongst many that goes back into the glory of eternity. 
physically, mentally, spiritually, in his blood, transfigured, all of it, so will you. This salvation is for your hearts and your minds and your bones and your marrow. And it will lift you up into higher realms by the power of the Holy Ghost as you make the Holy Spirit your best friend, as you make the Holy Spirit the mission of your life and get every spirit destroyed out of your life. You got all kinds of spirits of Babylon warring for that first love gate in your heart. Return to your first love, which means no other lovers, no, nothing steering your heart. Nothing controlling the water courses of your life, but the great Holy Ghost, your creator, and he's also your savior. John 14, Jesus Christ said, I will send another savior. The Holy Spirit's your savior and your Lord. He is your master. He is your father. The Holy Ghost is everything. We are the children of the great Holy Ghost. He is our father and he is the glory of God. He doesn't lack anything less than God the Father. He's the fullness of God the Father on earth. Holy Spirit. Let him father your spirit. Let him burn out everything until you agree with him about everything. We got a lot of opinions. We got a lot of knowledge. He's going to burn it all up. He's going to give you the same vocab as the weos of God. The Son of God. He's going to uproot a lot of words out of you. They'll say, I don't know what kind of Christianity you're getting into, but you sure look dumber. <laughs> I liked you better before, is what the demon will say. Now you're just offensive and free and happy all the time. Yeah, it's because your, your spirit is glorified because you got into the Lamb of God. You're beginning to bear the image of the Lamb. You will have to be conformed into the image of Christ, the Bible says. All the other stuff that's not Him will just burn out of you. <laughs> Which is honestly looking at this group, pretty much everything. <laughs> it's like, that's why Jesus sent him out like sheep to the slaughter. Ain't gonna have any of this left. It's all gonna get burnt up. And that's what growing up is. It's just burning out everything until only Christ remain in us without any of us. And then you're in perfect glory all the time. Perfect union. Not just in spirit, but in heart and mind. Crystal clear and sparkling souls. Amen. Thank you, Father, for it. Crystal clear, sparkling souls of perfected purity of white dove Christians. I can just feel the Father's desire more than anything for these white dove peacemakers to rule from the skyline to rule from the cloud line over cities angelically and to make it just normal not even just not even freak mysticism but just make it normal make it simple the human spirit was created to do this it's not hard it's the normal original design of the creation of man and woman so it doesn't oppose the order of your existence it's the fulfillment of the order of your existence it's natural it is it's a natural place to be restored to the original design of your spirit with your soul under your spirit and your mind under your soul and your bones and marrow under your mind so you're just a constant outpouring from the heavens down to earth just pouring out heaven ruling over the flesh taking dominion over all flesh and blood in perfect love as a white dove from above in jesus name 
Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you for this week of greater wisdom and fire, everyone growing. Thank you for the harvest of your purity. Thank you for people growing in that white dove nature. Thank you for a harvest of sons whom these realities are made real to. And from their own experiences, building up all the other sons, a sonship company, the 144,000, the Israel God, a, a group of princes, all princes, all Israelites indeed, in whom there is no guile, no envy, no strife. Just everyone's spirit, building up everyone's spirit. If there's stuff wrong, you can correct in love. You have the ability to correct, correct yourself first. Then help others, because people are majorly deceived. And where you have revelation, you be held accountable. It's true. You have to share your revelation. Feed others the bread that you've been eating. It's important. You want to do it because it's exciting to build up each other's spirit. You want to sow and reap that bread from heaven. Sow and reap that wisdom from heaven. Keep building up everyone. It doesn't matter if you're not a preacher. You, you, you're a talker. You're all talkers. And that's good. Keep speaking into other people's hearts, building up their hearts. All of your growth will automatically spread into everyone simply when you just wake up and open your mouth. You won't even have to try. Be effortless. Just spreading. It'll go viral because your heart's built up in the fire of God. They will listen. They will change. You're world changers. You're more than conquerors. And you're overcomers. Even if there's things you haven't overcome, you will overcome. You have the Holy Ghost, and He's not mad at you. He's empowering you to conquer more and more every day. Just put your brain inside the Holy Ghost and conquer together. He understands the fall, how there's 6,000 years recorded in the blood. He knows what it is. He's not surprised by anything in your hearts or any action of your minds or your bodies. Doesn't shock him. He's omniscient. He's present in the future, but he wants to change you now into your perfect form. Yield to him and just get vulnerable with him. Get real with him. Talk to him like you would a good father. Talk to him like you would a close friend. And the Holy Ghost will come upon you, feel His presence begin to burn. He'll want you to open up your Bible. He'll begin to teach you the Word. He'll Every person that be, begins a relationship with the Lord, His name is the Lord, He'll ask them to get a Bible. And He'll teach you the Word. And that's one of the funnest things you get to do with God, <laughs> is learn the Word in the temple like Samuel as a boy. Just growing up in the temple. You're growing up as a spirit being inside these bodies by learning from the Lord. Direct discipleship, all of you, from the Lord God Almighty. That's what makes you sons and daughters. You're directly discipled by the God that created the world. The God that died on the cross. The God who's breathing his life into your hearts and minds. Don't let the enemy discourage you or distract you. And just cling to the Holy Ghost. And just get into radical obedience. And it's fun. This is the adventure of a lifetime. Acts chapter 29. It's very long. It's like Psalms 119. Times a trillion. Like... 
verse 10 million of, of Acts 29, and it starts to write about the sons of God in this generation, going into higher things. Doesn't mean you're better, it's just that the Spirit's building on every generation. This is the pinnacle, the capstone generation of 2,000 years of Christianity that the Holy Ghost's been doing through different men and women. And you'll honor them the most by going higher and getting the most refined. The whole cloud of witnesses is cheering you on. <laughs> Amen. Bless you guys. You want to give an offering into this ministry? Click the links in the description. We're doing a crusade in Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> June 29th through July 3rd. Shadrach says we could reach up to 5,000 people. He's talking about giving food, going door to door with 17 different teams. If you want to support the crusade, uh, you can click the missions link in the description. It says specifically for Africa, but I, I'd like to send a thousand dollars. I think we've raised about 400 so far. I'd like to send a thousand dollars. It'd be nice to send 10,000, but I think a thousand would be awesome for this crusade. Things are very reasonably priced in Kenya. A thousand dollars in Kenya goes a long ways. You can do a crusade in Kenya for a thousand, but whatever the, ho the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, you want to support this work, I'd like to send a, a major substantial offering to this crusade and, and just honor the advancement of the kingdom in Africa, sowing into Kenya, and it's very exciting stuff. It'll be documented on Facebook. Join us on Facebook so you get the videos of the crusade and the pictures, and just get more and more involved with this group of sons. We're all people that have overcome just everything in the world, just living in a religion-free zone, all of us ascending together with our own personal crosses on the inside, just constantly build each other up. This Red Letter Ministries community online is just total fire. It's really incredible. It's a miraculous place. The enemy will try to tear you away from it, but just understand where the Holy Ghost is bringing you and just come on in and get built up and grow with us. And let's turn this world into the Garden of Eden, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Glory.